Till now, we have covered the design called 10 factor infra, which is a framework for building robust modern infrastructure that is cloud ready. In over the past two episodes, I have covered the first two factors, which is network and system. In this episode, I'm going to cover the third and the most important factor of the 10 factor infra. This is the brain of the anatomy in the anatomy of modern infrastructure. And this is called storage. Hey there, welcome everyone. Thanks for listening to Cloud Kata Mastering Modern Infrastructure. Learn how to design cloud-ready modern infrastructure with zero downtime deployment, security and effective FinOps. With me, Kamalika Majumdar. I am the director and founder of Staxa, a consulting services for DevOps-driven modern infrastructure. Cloud Kata is available on all podcast platforms. So tune into the infra journey on your favorite podcaster and learn the art of mastering modern infrastructure. Do visit my website www.cloudkata.com That's right, it's cloudkata.com and subscribe to the complete playlist along with the transcripts so you get notified about upcoming episode and various supporting blogs and articles that's, that gets published. And if you have any queries or feedback about the sessions, connect with me on cloudkata.com. So let's continue our deep dive into anatomy of modern infra on Cloudkata, mastering modern infra show. covered the design called 10 factor infra which is a framework for building robust modern infrastructure that is cloud ready in over the past two episodes i have covered the first two factors which is network and system network factor says that in order to achieve performance accessibility privacy and security we need a well segregated network perimeter security a secure entry point and dedicated peer-to-peer -peer connectivity in the second episode we discussed about systems we learned immutable and stateless compute servers should be built from version controlled machine images standardized across all environments and enhanced with auto scale out or horizontal scaling on demand we also learned that regular validation of system hardening patching and upgrades should be done through configuration management system and we learned that prepaid hosting plan for servers is the most effective way of managing optimized FinOps so that you do not end up overspilling your budget. In this episode, I'm going to cover the third and the most important factor of the 10 factor infra. This is the brain of the anatomy in the anatomy of modern infrastructure. And this is called storage, the layer where your data is stored, the most critical layer which decides what is being visible to your customers and how you play around with your services. In today's session, I will start with the challenges and the impact of those challenges onto your businesses, focusing on storage of data. I'll also discuss about various type of data storage and how you can have an effective FinOps so that your budget is well under control. I'll also touch base upon managed and self-managed services focusing on data critical uh, applications. So in the last episode, I discussed about 
managed and self managed services for compute in this episode i will cover managed and self managed services for data and i'll also cover various deployment models for your data stored uh, on your infrastructure and how can you use configuration management to effectively implement those deployment models and lastly i will discuss about how to achieve data security on today's modern infrastructure that is cloud so let us begin today's episode by looking into some of the challenges that we see in our data layer or in the storage layer first up or i would not say this is a challenge it's more like a requirement is availability today's online world runs 24 bar 7 and that requires the data systems to also run 24 bar 7 gone are the days when you can afford weekend downtimes or off hour maintenance windows customers can be live from anywhere anytime and with the globalization of your services with the launch of services into multiple time zones the the time window that we get gets even smaller so typically the sla or slo whatever the services define are growing smaller and smaller and that is why the availability demand is the one of the major demands and also the challenging demands that uh, today's infrastructure faces and when we talk about availability this is highly available so that is why a very important factor that comes into picture is replicating data across multiple sites so no longer standalone stateful systems can suffice the high availability demand so whichever infrastructure host data on standalone stateful system they cannot meet the highly high availability demand that today's digital world holds the second challenge or demand that digital world is asking for is scalability you might start with a limited set of data to begin with but as your customer base grows the demand of storing data also increases so you need to be prepared to scale out your storage on demand any time it is required similar to the system scaling here data scaling also works on the same pace so scalability of the database or more specifically the storage area and upgrade on demand is another challenge that people face for their data layer the third and most important thing in today's uh, online world is security you need to secure the data at rest provide the right data privacy and comply with the with the inland re- residency and localization policies many countries have very specific data hosting uh, regulations for their uh, companies uh, especially in asia if you see uh, companies want uh, banking and other uh, customer critical data to be hosted within their boundaries they do not want any copy of the data to be hosted outside so secure providing security to the data that is hosted on cloud so that no one other than authorized uh, people are having visibility to it is one of the major demands of today's digital transformation and that brings me to the fourth and uh, 
as i say last but not the least uh, challenge is having a balanced uh, cost or budget for your infrastructure like i mentioned in the previous episode from the system layer onwards you start getting charged for your infrastructure and after you cross the systems layer or your compute layer when you land up in the data layer the cost shoots up so if you do not have a optimized uh, budget you will not be able to meet the uh, budget that you are looking for and you might end up either overspending or underspending and that also depends on how much of a data retention time window you are holding so very important to have data retention policies um, uh, data archival policies because uh, you can no longer buy a huge bare metal server and keep hosting data onto it when you are on cloud you will have to think about how much are you spending on the data and is all that data necessary or you can archive some of these and you know uh, rotate some of that data so i'll talk about how to mitigate these challenges in in the upcoming points that i'm going to describe so let's look into uh, various types of uh, storage uh, that we have today especially on cloud and what kind of data can be stored on that storage is classified into two kinds of data one is data at rest and data in transit now what does data at rest mean data at rest typically refers to any data which is sitting on your system this can be a relational or any non relational database servers which host your user data they can be your logs your metrics or they can be static assets like images videos documents files or even backups or snapshots and what is data in transit data in transit is the data which is which may or may not be uh, located or stored uh, on any uh, server but it is transmitted from one place to another this uh, can be any kind of file transfer that you are doing with your third party uh, uh, integration points or uh, things like uh, logs and metrics that you are transferring from one place to the other and if you look at the storage level services that cloud providers uh, offer today they largely distribute their storage into two sections one are the database and another are the object storage so object storage typically refers to uh, certain dedicated uh, you know storage where you can have static assets like images videos files and database give you the database tables relational and non relational based on your need so you will have to think about what kind of data you are going to host and have to choose the solution accordingly like in the previous episode when i mentioned that make sure your compute servers are always stateless now when you come to the data layer especially for static assets you might have to host images videos documents uh, for your you know uh, things like in bank you may today with the online uh, banking system uh, being uh, made a norm or being the new normal video kyc uh, has become uh, uh, one of the important tools that banking sector is using uh, for their customer onboarding now 
all these video kyc or online verification is done via uh, you know video recordings or uh, images and and likewise and all these are static assets so when you have data uh, like this make sure that you use the object storage rather than having a standalone compute server with the let's say 100 gb of disk mounted onto it the reason i'm telling it is though these static assets images and videos might look like that they are not critical but in fact they are super critical these static assets hold the mechanism of validating your customers and they are as critical as your relational data or non relational data that you are storing in your database system so what do you do in this case make sure that you use the object storage mechanism of cloud now what cloud providers are giving you is when you go with object storage that object storage is spanned across multiple data centers they literally have multiple hardware supporting your object storage to you it might look like one uh, storage bucket where you are hosting your data but it gives you that level of high level availability by copying the data across their multiple data centers or availability zone so you uh, your high availability requirement gets taken care of uh, by itself it it comes inbuilt with those object storage services and when you go with the database servers there are various options you have um, and that brings me to my next discussion which is managed and self managed services in my last episode i uh, discussed about the pros and cons of both approaches managed and self managed when it comes to database hosting i would recommend always managed services because first thing is the database layer is super critical and it needs you know a, a more care than your compute layer and if you are going ahead with self managed services it might become an operational headache to do data replication uh, if the replication breaks at some point of time due to any kind of issue connectivity problem you will have to pitch in and fix it yourself rather than going uh, with the self managed support and maintenance model i recommend going with the managed services so whenever you are on cloud try to look into the managed services of course do not go with the public facing managed services but more like private facing managed services and uh, in my first episode i discussed about how to segregate your network into public private and protected now data sits in your private layer which means that incoming and outgoing access to internet should be blocked i will explain more uh, uh, on that in the security section but that in that model uh, when you are going with a vpc kind of architecture for your uh, infrastructure choose the managed services which are vpc enabled remember setting up you should always go with the vpc level network because that is your private network you are not sharing network uh, segments with anyone else or even if uh, you have your own segregated and isolated private cloud so managed services uh, gives you uh, support uh and uh maintenance and they give you high availability because these managed services uh are spanned across multiple data centers uh so always go with the managed services but be careful about uh, how these managed services are uh, owned by the uh, cloud providers you might have to look into certain ndas with your cloud provider to validate that they are not 
saving a copy of your database anywhere um, outside the country now some countries have very strict data localization policies especially let's say indonesia have very strict data localization policies data should not be leaving especially customer data should not be leaving the country so you might have to validate uh, with your cloud provider and get into agreement and uh, make them comply to it and um, the other thing is uh, your IP protection. So when you go with managed services, you will also have to take care of it. The other benefit of going with managed services is that it takes automated backups and uh, restoration uh, capabilities. Now, um, I'll talk about uh, uh, restoration versus replication mechanism and which is recommended. However, I would like to mention that even if you are going with a high, uh, highly available uh, replication-based uh, service, Till date, today's uh, auditors still ask you uh, if you have uh, regular backups uh, because um, if the cloud provider is not uh, having multiple regions within the same country, that means if they are all localized in the same city and that is true for most Asian and Southeast Asian countries, it's not like the West where um, a Google or an AWS is spanned across multiple cities in the uh, country. In Asia and Southeast Asia, there are very limited uh, countries which has which have multiple uh, cities host you know uh, are given as region in the cloud provider so in those cases uh, auditors do ask you that do you have an automated backup and how regular do you take backup do you test the backup i'll cover more about that and uh, what you can do in those cases but uh, the point i'm making here is uh, always go with managed service high availability option and backups enabled because uh, you may have to just show it for your audit and regulation purpose and uh, so once you have chosen your storage type uh, object storage database whichever you choose um, the second uh, the next thing you will also have to be careful when you are doing the choice is is your finops um, cost is a uh, big uh, matter of concern when it comes to the storage layer uh, now you might think that uh, you know uh, beginning of any year i will go and sign up for a certain amount of storage and i'll be good to, good with it um, and somebody may think that no I'll just start with say 100 GB or 50 GB that is my data size and I'll be good with it but you never know when you need to scale out on it so uh, one thing that people do not realize like in the compute layer even in the data layer if you go with a commitment that your data may reach up to this maximum level during that one year you will be saving money but if you think that no I will start uh, with less and then extend that way you will end up spending more because uh, that way you will not be able to leverage the subscription model or the commitment model which the cloud provider gives you so always think how much is your business trying to target in that particular year how many user is it uh, 5000 10000 1 million and how much of a data will that generate right and multiply it by two or four and then opt for that kind of storage so you can always plan for it if you do not use it actively you will not be charged for it but at least have that uh, reservation in your budget 
and always go with a subscription model especially for your database services even for service like redis um which is which stores data you'd not believe that uh, the comparison between uh, you can save thousands of dollars between prepaid and postpaid model so like the compute system data systems also always go with a prepaid model because that way you will be able to save a lot of money and handle your finops effectively without getting bothered about how much uh, i am spending i don't have enough money but i need to scale out and things like that now uh, let's see once you have chosen which model you are going to go the next thing um, you would want to look into is uh, what are the different deployment models that are available now when you're designing your database or a storage uh, system or services there are uh, three kind of deployment model multiple deployment model actually one is based on mirroring or replication that means you will have a stretch cluster of servers um, well it may or may not be visible to you but you will have a replication of your data across multiple data centers or in the cloud uh, terms multiple availability zones and the second thing is you may have a active and hot standby so there the, you may also see certain places wherein you are actively writing to one uh, region one zone whereas you have a copy of the data in the other room these are true for uh, typically in a dcdr kind of setup or active hot standby kind of setup um now based on how much you can spend and how much you can uh, you know uh, plan yeah uh, you will have to choose which model uh, satisfies your requirement however the best model is of course the active active or someone may even call it in in the deployment world you can call it the blue green deployment uh, uh, that means that you always have all these all the servers up and running so you can do maintenance without taking the whole system down um now whether blue green deployment model is possible for database systems or not uh well not 100% but still you can get very close to it uh, by making sure if especially if you are using database servers it hardly takes few minutes when your database is getting up, upgraded um provided you have followed all the guidelines um but when it comes to the storage layer it is always advisable uh, to uh, stop any kind of writes when you are doing any kind of upgrades because uh, no matter how much of a, a well managed service you have taken there is still chances of data corruption when there is a machine shutdown or machine restart going on and somebody trying to write data onto disk you should not forget that cloud might seem like a transparent black box to you but in the back end it is actually running a number of servers uh to host all these applications now the next model uh, of deployment is integration uh this is like uh, your application uh, may be a service specific or data specific uh for instance you may only be hosting the applications whereas the data might be uh, and your own application but you might also be consuming data from a third party let's say if you are a bank you might be consuming data from a core banking system sitting sitting, sitting somewhere else and then you have your own application and your own application data so this is another model uh, wherein you have uh, multiple sites 
uh, more like a hybrid cloud model uh, which is based on integration of your application uh, and your data centers and this you will also see typically in fintechs or in banks or in healthcare uh, or in countries which have very strict data localization policies wherein they do not want the data to be hosted in, in cloud let's say in india you will see very less bank uh, which are in cloud uh, most of them are in their own private data centers however they are moving towards it in some places you will see that uh, especially people who are using mobile banking application they might host the mobile banking services on cloud but the data still sits on premise and uh, they still have that satellite office or a data center on premise where they are hosting the core banking data uh, so in that case you will see an integration based deployment model uh, and the sec and the third thing is uh, more around uh, uh, you know uh, host specific um, as i mentioned uh, if you are on cloud you can have either zonal uh, database system that is uh, you can have a single availability zone or a multi availability zone and then you can have a regional one wherein uh, it is not just multi availability zone it is also regional across cities so zonal gives you high availability within the same city that means your data is hosted across multiple data centers within the same city regional expands that high availability to another city so if there is any natural calamity in that city you still have another city where your data is hosted and uh, it is it is very important in uh, especially in southeast asia which is prone to uh, natural disasters like earthquake tsunami etc so a regional based model is helpful in in those uh, scenarios then of course there is the traditional or legacy localized system wherein it is hosted on self managed virtual machines on servers uh these uh, are pretty much the deployment models that you have now what is a recommendation for deployment uh, based on uh, which domain you are uh, you know uh, in and based on what regulation or compliance you will have to certify to uh, you will have to choose the uh, option however the best option so far is uh, the active active model which is based on mirroring and replication that means a managed service uh, which is uh, enabled with high availability uh, spread across multiple availability zones uh, enabled with all the advanced feature for maintenance and upgrades and um, uh, try to see if your regulator uh, actually comply to it most regulators comply to it they they mostly care about two important things one is where is the data hosted and how much of an availability you are committing to your customer they just want to ensure that none of the none of the customer data uh, is uh, compromised or lost so uh, replication model uh, and managed services really uh, and if you have use a regional option uh, that will give you a true highly available uh, data layer uh now when you have that uh, have all these design principles uh, uh, that you have uh, uh, you know adopted uh, one very important thing is to have configuration management like i explained in system it is also equally important to have configuration management for your data layer for instance uh, if you are creating tables or uh, if you are uploading data or creating users um, make sure it is always done using a 
very good configuration management tool um, or uh, at least you automate it and uh, have that version control in your source code repository and make sure that the database the, the copy of the data uh, that you are producing uh, or the queries that you are sending uh, you, you also version that uh, because in that way you can correlate the version of database configuration which matches the version of application once you go live with your application version one after that everything that comes in is actually changes in data uh, you might have uh, new features that you release on your application site but the most uh, frequent changes that you observe will be on the data there will be different columns, different uh, models that you will be uploading based on your uh, expansion of business or user reachability. So having a configuration management uh, for your database uh, migration or upgrades using a version control system and version database will help you to track what change was done for which feature or which feature correlates to what change in data. And configuration management is also important uh, when it comes to uh, database expansion, uh, disk expansion. Now, uh, one there is one particular data that still uh, holds true in some special cases, which is like uh, files and folders being transmitted through SFTP servers. I know this is a very old school mechanism, but there are still traditional uh, organizations which only uh, use SFTPs. They are not in cloud, as I mentioned. In most countries, especially in the Asian region, especially banks and fintechs, you will see less organization, uh, the lesser organizations on cloud. In those cases, file transfer is being done using SFTP servers. Now, when it comes to SFTP kind of data or file, uh, raw files being transmitted, you really have to, uh, you know, sometimes extend the disk that the data is stored in. So in those kind of situations, if you have a configuration management system, it is easy to upgrade it and also to have it in your source control repository through your pipelines. Uh, so you can track what change was done. And it is it also helps you to get, uh, you know, your regulators approve that every change that goes into your system is being tracked and traced and properly validated so configuration management system is not just important for your application and, so, and the compute layer it is also very much important for your storage uh, level uh, systems be it databases or your static uh, object storage that uh, brings me to the uh, last uh, uh, feature of the storage area which is very important is security. Uh, security of data at rest as well as data in transit is uh, a compulsory need for any kind of organization. Uh, uh, until few years back, it was only critical for uh, banks or, uh, you know, um, fintechs or healthcare. But now it is uh, a, a, a important uh, requirement for any business which is on cloud especially which is on cloud um, then then what comes under security of data first thing is encryption so the data which is stored in cloud as i mentioned earlier cloud is uh, not a rocket science it's actually someone else's computer or someone else's server so uh, someone procured huge amount of uh, servers and data center and they automated the whole setup and gave you just the interface to host your application that's in short the definition of cloud and when, when it comes to the managed services on cloud 
that's pretty much the same thing so even when you are hosting your data onto a virtual service or a managed service don't think that the data is host don't think that there is a bare metal server which is dedicated to you it is actually in most cases unless you go with a physically you know phys a physical uh, server or dedicated server the data is uh, hosted on some virtual machine which is on some bare metal server which also hosts some and one else um and uh, since uh, managed services uh, since these managed services are handled by the cloud providers the cloud provider will have visibility to the data or the raw data that you have now what you can do to to make sure that nobody is uh, suddenly going ahead and copying your data and then passing it on to dark web or you know you would have seen incidents like that that somebody hacked into a system and copied all that data and sold it in dark web now how, how what can you uh, do to prevent it uh, now first thing is remember in the network uh, uh, session i told you that we need a well segregated network Uh, we should not keep all the layers public private protected into one single subnet that is very risky because the public facing web server can get compromised and that might lead into compromising all the other server because they are lying in the same segment so uh, the private segment is typically meant for the data layer and that is why first thing you will achieve through the if you are following the network uh, uh, you know design principles that i mentioned you will first thing you'll achieve is that the network level isolation of the data uh, now even if somebody breaks into one of the web servers uh, they will not be able to go directly into the data server because the, the the data server allows traffic only from another layer which is a protected layer so multiple hops so really security if you look at it is like creating multiple uh, you know uh, locks on the way of hacker so that uh, it prevents him to easily get into it and then to to get your yourself notified that somebody is trying something fishy so what can you can do once you have hosted your data layer into a private uh, subnet uh, is that the next thing you will need is that encryption of the data so that what that means is um uh, if anyone is you know uh, now one thing that cloud provider do commit to you that uh, they will not have any root access to the database server they will have maybe physical access to the data centers they might uh, have access to the hard disks and you know servers but they will not have any uh, uh, logical access into database so uh, let's say somebody copies uh, the whole hard disk or takes a snapshot of it and he tries to break into it but he will not be able to because he has the data on the disk is encrypted and now very important thing is when you're encrypting the data there are two ways you can store the decryption key you can either store the decryption key with the cloud provider they also provide key management system or uh, i remember this one of this one of my clients a uh, couple of years back that there was a debate going on that yes we are going on cloud we have encrypted the disk where is the decryption key sold should we uh, approve kms uh, system as a place to be stored or should we store that key with ourselves you know like internally now that is another thing again it depends on how much uh, of a trust agreement you are having with your cloud provider and have you had enough legal measures in place if suppose a cloud provider violates uh, these norms uh, you will have to take care of those processes and compliance need but yes the foremost thing is encryption of data 
at rest this comes for your database servers uh, or services like uh, rds or any kind of sql databases or uh, your object storage where you are storing your files folder don't think that if it is just images it is not critical just encrypt it because that is not cost you uh, anything this comes with an enhanced feature uh, it's not like if you encrypt it it will add another extra cost to you most data services give this feature as uh, add-on services so just uh, add it uh, because that way you will at least have some safeguard to your data which is hosted on cloud um, and as I said, the data classification case key should be well owned and managed um, either uh, by the cloud provider, uh, however, owned by you and managed or stored with the cloud provider, or you can have fully owned and stored in within your premises. Um, right. Uh, you should have a very strong user management and uh, secret management uh, system. Uh, don't make make the same user for the same uh, service right make sure that you have a segregated service account for your users and um, make sure the secrets are stored in in some sort of vault and don't use just one db name db username and password for all uh, of your databases or all of your service divide it uh, based on role so role based access control um, uh, should also be implemented for the databases um, so the, these are pretty much uh, in summary uh, what you can do to secure your data at rest on cloud uh, to meet the data privacy and confidentiality and data sharing policies. Uh, now, another kind of data that we quite often ignore are the logging and monitoring data. Uh, remember, uh, with the uh, evolution of containers and more and more uh, organization adopting containers, uh, when and it gives you a very uh, uh, easy way to collect all your logs from your containers raw logs and um, it also leads you to format your logs and look into it but sometimes you also have uh, pii data within these logs and matrices so if your logs and matrices uh, have uh, user account numbers or you know passwords and things like that and uh, you are using a managed system for your logs and monitoring data that is that also becomes critical so when you're using a system like that uh, look into the data sharing policies uh, again the same way uh, like you would do for your static assets or your user database uh, give the same level of importance to your logging and monitoring data and i'll talk more about logging and monitoring and uh, what can be done for the data stored for it in in the upcoming episodes but i just wanted to touch base on the all the areas that you should take care of when you are designing your storage uh, uh, level services so uh, this in short uh, uh, covers the configurations that you should be taking care of uh, for your data layer or your storage layer uh, and uh, i would like to summarize on what you should be taking care of uh, while designing your um, storage layer uh, first thing is uh, make sure that you follow a repl replication mechanism and non not restoration replication not restoration why because replication gives you active active uh, availability whereas restoration is an active standby model so that means in restoration you will meet downtimes and that can be any anything between five minutes to uh, number of hours and in today's scenario you cannot hold your users say that no you cannot do any transaction until my database is restored so a replication model 
uh, is the best model uh, to achieve high availability for your databases second thing is a version control database config and data as i mentioned earlier use a config management tool to make any changes in your database layer like you would do for your applications deployment do the same thing for your databases and always have it in a version control system so that you can track and uh, trace what changes went at what point of time and what was the uh, you know uh, requirement for that change third thing is as i mentioned earlier do not use compute services for data storage or ob object storage uh, compute servers are meant for compute they are not meant for uh, heavy data uh, uh, write and reads though the services will tell you oh we can like say uh, uh, containerization systems will tell you we can mount on disk and you can write to the disk but those uh, mount points they do not give you high availability you still have to replicate the data into multiple disks so if you have a kubernetes cluster and if you think that you have uh, persistent volume mounted and you can install your mongodb server on it do not do that because you can have the mongodb service stored data on one persistent uh, database let's say you are running one container which has mongodb and it is writing to one pv but who gives you the high availability the replication for that you will have to again install another service to replicate and it is not foolproof there will be data corruption and issues and downtime involved and um, worst case is that it will make the whole compute server uh, prone to a downtime you cannot achieve zero downtime deployment for your compute services if you end up hosting your compute uh, uh, specific uh, let's say your microservices and your databases onto the same kubernetes cluster even if for application deployment you will have to take downtime so do not use compute services for data storage always use the data services for data storage and uh, always use object storage because uh, to store static files and uh, you know assets uh, because that way you will be able to uh, you know get the data replication capability because object storage is usually a, a regional service which means that it is spanned across multiple availability zones or region it is not specific to one AZ or two AZ so when you when you are uploading data into your bucket it actually is highly already highly available it's in your account already and uh, if you have situations like sftp servers you can also mount this object storage as a mount point to your sftp server so you can run the application on the server whereas you write your your actual files are in the object storage which can also be encrypted and be sorted uh, through a ui if you have a team operational team who are not uh, technical enough to go to the terminal you can always use the object storage for the ui uh, one thing uh, the other thing is you need to have encryption of data at rest and manage or maintain uh, the decryption key is uh, make sure that it is properly owned and managed the third uh, the last but not to not the list is that uh, backup the data not the machine i have seen many organization to meet compliance de uh, demand they just backup the whole database system or even if they have a highly available replication mechanism they still backup the whole system that does not help because uh, the first thing is the system uh, snapshots grow in size and uh, in turn uh, end up 
uh, eating a lot of uh, money uh, that you will spend plus uh, these snapshots are not reliable more many very very often it has been seen that data inside the snapshot gets corrupted and you are not able to recover it um, uh, you know properly so uh, if you have to take still have to take backup when you are using managed services you can enable backup which actually takes backup of your data that is stored and not the system so if you have an have a requirement that you will have to have a backup so always backup the data not the machine so uh, this is pretty much what uh, is the summary that means replication not restoration version controlled config and data no don't use compute service for data storage and object storage backup the data not the machine and encrypt the data at rest i hope you liked today's session and it helped you get more visibility into anatomy of modern infrastructure so far we have covered the core layers that form modern infrastructure that is network system and storage from the next session onwards we will start discussing about the operational factors that is needed to manage and administer these core layers in order to achieve a cloud ready modern infrastructure so join me back next friday on cloud kata where i share more katas for modern infra with that note i would like to conclude today's episode subscribe to the show on cloudkata.com i repeat cloudkata.com if you have missed listening to the complete episodes don't worry you can get the transcript on the podcast page on cloudkata.com this is your infra coach kamalika signing off enjoy your weekend and take care stay healthy stay safe and keep learning